what we see our mission here um, at New Square Capital. And it isn't only to make money, to do our best to make money in trending up bull markets, right? Our mission is to also do our very best to preserve and protect capital during those unexpected markets, those unexpected events. And you can't do that unless you have a risk management component as part of your process and philosophy. The following presentation by New Square Capital LLC is intended for general information purposes only. No portion of the presentation serves as the receipt of or as a substitute for personalized investment advice from New Square or any other investment professional of your choosing. Please see additional important disclosure at the end of this presentation. A copy of New Square's current written disclosure brochure discussing our advisory fees and services is available upon request at newsquarecapital.com. Since our beginning more than a decade ago, New Square Capital has based its investment approach on what has been proven to work combined with discipline and execution. We rely on facts, not hunches or impulses, and we know that wealth is built over the long term. Our goal with this podcast is to share what we've learned and provide insights that can be implemented with an intentional process and consistency over time. Although investing should be simple, it isn't always easy. That's where discipline comes in, something we like to think is a hallmark of our firm. A good investor is an informed investor, which is why we are excited to share our insights with you. Let's go now to the Wall Street Less Traveled podcast. Hello, everyone. This is MJ Durkin, the host of the Wall Street Less Traveled podcast brought to you by New Square Capital. We have a really fascinating conversation for you today. Uh, we're talking, of course, to uh, Joseph Rosello. He is the CEO of New Square Capital and Ryan Kirk, president and head of portfolio management at New Square Capital. Uh, gentlemen, uh, what's going on today? How are you? Hey, MJ. Good to be here again. Hey, MJ, as always, excited for this. We never know what will happen as a result of this triumvirate of, uh, of language, <laughs> investments, long-range planning, and, uh, and, and not predicting markets. So uh, the, uh, there'll be no predictions, no psychic predictions, at least today. Uh, today, we're going to talk about a very interesting topic. We're gonna, going to talk about risk management. Uh, and uh, lately, with um, the things that have been going on in the financial worlds, uh, it seems to me that there are um, perhaps many institutions that should go back and take a banking 101 course. Uh, <laughs> and I think one of the basics of that banking 101 course is managing risk. Uh, Joseph Rosello, um, talk to us. First of all, explain to our audience, what is risk management? Give us the definition of it, if you will. Yes, thanks, MJ. Um, actually, my colleague Ryan Kirk is going to help help me do that or help us get through the importance of risk management and and its use. But um, I think it's in our industry, unfortunately, it's a misused word and um, it kind of loses its potency. But at New Square Capital. Um, we've talked about this in the past, risk management. I think we're going to dive a little bit deeper today. Um, the importance of using, uh, at New Square Capital, the importance of using a time-tested process to manage money, okay, we think is critical. And having the discipline to stick with it in good times and in bad times. And that's, that's a mission for us. Um, risk management 
is a big component of the process we use to manage our clients' money. Uh, the key it, to me, and I think that this is crucial, for one, to have a strategy in place before the problem hits. If they don't, it's too late, right? Because I have yet to meet, you've heard me say this, I have yet to meet the person in this industry, and I've been in it a long time, been around a lot of smart people, that I haven't met the person that can accurately predict the future direction of the stock market. Listen, unexpected events occur with some regularity, so be prepared. That's my advice. Be prepared. We like to think at New Square Capital, that's what we do. And I like to kick it over to my colleague to dive a little bit deeper. Ryan, heads up portfolio management. Risk management is a key component across all of our portfolios. So, Ryan, I think it'd be good for our listeners to hear um, how important and how we use risk management uh, when we're managing their money. Yeah, Joseph, you said it's a it's a misused term. I think it is a term that's used um, throughout the industry and firms employ it different ways. We probably have a little bit different way than uh, a lot of the industry at deploying it into our portfolios. But the most important part is that we do use some level of risk management in all of our portfolios, right? Whether that's in a stock portfolio, whether that's an asset allocation portfolio, even a fixed income portfolio. MJ mentioned in the open about what's going on with the, the banking sector and and how risk has really come rearing its ugly head um, on that side of the equation. And to see to see it happen sort of all over, um, you know, the industry uh, with bonds, with, with equities all over the place, it's just paramount to us to know that, that we're trying to do the right thing in the use of some type of risk management technique, because in our opinion, you have to use it. You have to manage risk. That's the only way to be successful for the long term. You could get lucky from now and then or unlucky now and then, but in order to have a substantial process for the long term, it is a must use on the portfolio management side of things, in our opinion. And the, sort of the definition of it, um, you could look to different things, but but really when you start to assign numbers to these things, where is where it becomes really important to us and this concept of losses meaning more than gains is so valuable in what we do in that when i say that losses mean more than gains what what do we mean well a 10 percent loss if you were to lose 10 percent in a portfolio you don't have to make back more than a little bit more than 10 percent to get back to break even but the minute your losses grow larger than that you got to make a lot more to get back to break even so a 10 percent loss you need 11 percent to get back to break even a 20 percent loss you don't need more than 20 percent. you need 25 percent to get back to break even a 50 percent loss in a stock or a portfolio you need a hundred percent to get back to break even and as you know anybody that's listening to this wishes there was a lot of options out there that went up a hundred percent per year um that's just not really plausible in most market environments. So you need to be very careful on the risk side of things because it can get a, a bit dicey out there when you're not paying attention to it. Yeah. So right. What that sounds like to me is um, if um, if one avoids large losses with a strong defense, 
the winnings will have every opportunity to take care of themselves. Um, we, you know, looking at some of the studies from 2022, um, we've seen uh, all kinds of numbers, but the average retail investor in those numbers was down anywhere from 36 to 42 percent. Really, really difficult to come back, come back from. Uh, certainly you can come back from them, but it's a challenge and it could take years. Uh, they're the kinds of things that we want to avoid, and that's the importance of risk management. Um, and for instance, active management, uh, a form of risk management, kind of lost its way or took the back seat in the last 12 to 13 years. Um, every, uh, every major drawdown in the market uh, was followed by a sharp V-shaped recovery on the upside, um, uh, rewarding, um, uh, I don't know if you want to say incorrectly rewarding, but rewarding investors um, who were not using risk management. That was not the case in 22. And in 23, this market is really, uh, you know, there might be some misleading numbers out there. You got the S&P up 7 8%. But when you step back from all of that, um, uh, it, it doesn't look so good. Uh, so the bottom line is, is that let's talk a little bit about active management, right, and why it's a critical um, uh, component of managing assets really all the time, uh, but, but, but particularly in challenging markets like we're experiencing right now. Yeah, and again, I think the active management component of this can kind of be uh, misconstrued too. For, for us, the active management component is really that risk management component of, of trying to, you, you, can, you, can, you can really win by not losing in a lot of markets, right? As maybe boring as that sounds, it's, it's the truth. Joseph, you were just talking about sort of the, the active management over the last decade or so, how it's hasn't disappeared, but maybe it, it money has gone sort of to the passive side of things. And it's just the environment that we were living in, those types of market, you know, drawdowns and then recoveries. It was just the market environment that we were living in. So your question, I think, is when should you be managing risk? And to us, it's, the easy answer is, well, you manage risk in the down markets, right? That's the, that's the time when you manage risk. But the trick is, when do those down markets show up? And nobody, and I think Joseph touched on this early on, nobody can define that with certainty, specifically in advance of when those are going to happen. It's impossible to predict, as you said, MJ. So, but it's, it's larger than that, I think. It's, it's risk management has to happen all the time. It's got to always be implemented because it's your investments that needs to be managed. It's not just the management of, let's say, the S&P 500 index, right? The most popular US equity index. If your investments are in bonds or your investments are in something outside of the S&P 500, why do you care about managing the risk of the S&P 500? You care about managing the risk of your own portfolio, right? If you have minimal exposure to the S&P 500, it's kind of, it's kind of erroneous, right? To, qu to quote Vince Vaughn in, in uh, uh, Wedding Crashers, erroneous, erroneous on, on all on both, counts. On both counts. <laughs> on both counts. It doesn't matter. You have to be looking at your own investments to make sure you're managing the appropriate risk. Take this year as an example. Joseph mentioned some of the numbers, but 
as of we're recording this, the S and P is up somewhere in the eight to ten range. Um, the Nasdaq, which is more tilted towards the technology side of the equation, is up seventeen plus percent. But small cap stocks are up, or excuse me, I should say, are flat to potentially negative. Micro cap stocks are even smaller than that. They're down, you know, five to seven percent. Um, imagine at the beginning of the year you wanted to be invested in the straightforward business model of regional banks you would look up you know four months into the year and you'd be down 35 to 40 percent so there better be some component of managing the risk even though it's not totally associated with the s p 500. yeah well said right i think that um um we always talk about and 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 learn from the best investors through the decades and um, when we're doing that, we find that best invest the best investors historically do not target returns. They first they first focus on risk, right? And then they can decide the projected return and if that will justify taking the risk um, that they're about to do. So uh, I, I think that's an important lesson for all of us, certainly for the folks listening to us. And, and again, once again, the importance of risk management. Um, MJ, jump in here. I mean, you might have some thoughts or questions here. Well, my, my question is, and I want to direct this at, uh, maybe at Ryan. So, so is, is active, so define active management for us, for our listeners, because uh, what it, you know, you, you, you say you win by not losing. Um, so, so really is, is it about, you, you know, you're going to lose. Uh, occasionally, is it about minimizing that loss? Because you're saying that, I mean, I never heard this idea of you have to come back so far, you know, from a, from a big loss. So what, what exactly is active management? Yeah. And I think there's a difference between active managers and risk managers, because you can have active management is really anything that's, that's, I mean, I'm going to simplify this, but anything that's not an index, right? So if, okay. if you're trying to let's say beat the S&P 500 over time. You can be an active manager by holding other things than what's inside in those specific weights to the S&P 500. So that's active management, maybe doing something different um, than the benchmark. However, some of those same active managers are always fully invested and there may not be a component of trying to protect the portfolio during tough times. So some of these active, active managers are always fully invested and, and risk managers, in our opinion, sort of the other side of this coin. In our opinion, those, those are the ones that play some sort of defense and the ones that become, you know, client focused in down markets. So try to protect those client assets in down markets in one way, shape or form. Doesn't matter what that is, but whatever their discipline is on the risk management side to try to keep that. Um, so I think, you know, you, you you do you bring up a good point because there there is a difference. But as Joseph started off the, this podcast, sometimes there's just a, a misconception about one or the other. You know, right. Just talking about the, the regional banks, so risk management. And, and, and you know, I, I think that we can say on this podcast uh, in a very positive way that we had minimal exposure to regional banks. So we spared 
our clients and ourselves uh, the pain of that and what you're talking. And, and by the way, it may not be over yet. Um, there, there could be still more fallout, right? Um, you know, risk management, risk management means protecting oneself from those adverse and unexpected decisions of others, the decisions that they make. And in the process, you want to make better decisions than they do. And that's, that's what we try to do at, at, at risk management and avoid those, um, those, 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 those kind of, uh, events that come out of nowhere. I don't know anyone that could have predicted, you know, the, uh, you know, obviously now in hindsight, it's pretty easy. Like you, you had those, um, you know, 10, uh, uh, increases by the fed in interest rates, um, I don't know what those people were thinking at those banks. I mean, they had the, they, honestly, I mean, how hard it, I mean, how difficult is it, is their business model when you think about it? I mean, they take in deposits, all right? They, they invest them. Um, they, they lend the money out at higher rates. They try to get a return. And here they had those, they, you know, they had their, 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 their clients deposits invested at a month over a much longer period out in a much longer maturity. And therefore, as the Fed was raising rates, which, by the way, it was the right thing to do. Uh, and of course, we were hearing that the Fed was going to raise rates for the last five, six years. Finally, they got to it. They were late to the game and unintended consequences and and here we found, you know, these regional banks found themselves in a lot of trouble um, because all of those deposits were out there, uh, not going to be maturing for for 10 years or so, um, negatively impacting their balance sheet. So where was the risk management there? That's what you have to protect against. In other words, they're making decisions that we have no control over. So we got to make better decisions than they do. And Joseph, what you're talking about is some of the things that they cannot control, right? So this idea of, of risk management for us is is you you have to everyone likes to be in control, whether that's their, you know, their daily life, their routine, their family life, their work life. Obviously, in investments, this comes into play, but we all like to be in control. There just happens to be a lot of things, some of which Joseph just mentioned that we are not in control when it comes to the investment side of things. So what can't you control? Well, you can't control what the Fed does. You can't control how they do it. You can't control some of these political issues that are out there. You can't control how other people react in the market when it comes to your own personal investing. And this is, I think, the important part. You cannot control after you, let's use stocks as an example. If you go to invest in a stock, you cannot control whether that stock goes up after you buy it. You cannot control whether that stock goes down after you buy it. You can think you've made a good decision, but really you have zero control on what happens after that. There could be some black swan event that comes about 30 seconds after you buy that stock, which you're going to be immediately at a 10% at a loss. It's just things that you can't control in the market. From the risk management side of things, we have to concentrate on the things that we actually can control. And what can you control? Well, a few things. You can control what we buy, right? We can control what we buy. If it's a stock, if it's a sector of the market, if it's an index, we have the ability to say, okay, I want, I want to purchase this thing, whatever that is. We can also control how much of it we buy. 
So are you putting 100% of your portfolio or your net worth into one single idea? Are you putting 2%? You can control how much of something you buy, which is a, which is a very important part of sort of this mathematical equation that you have to get into. And the, the third thing, and this is really where it all comes together for us, is you can control the loss that you're, that you're willing to take. Not all the time are you going to be able to, to keep to that because sometimes markets do crazy things in the short term. But you can buy a position, whatever that position is, and have a point either in your head or written down or on a chart or based on the fundamentals. You can control the loss that you're willing to take. And by the way, it's related to how big of that position that you are, that sort of second point. Right. Because sometimes the bigger position you take, the smaller the loss that you want to take, because you don't want it to have as big of an impact on your portfolio. So the ability to take losses is not a one time event. Right. Back to what we were talking about earlier. This is a constant, constant thing that has to be inside of your portfolio. So you're going to be investing for the next 30 years, not for the next 30 days. And the only way to to do that effectively, in our opinion, to get the best out of your portfolio is to have that ability to manage those losses and to cut those as short as possible. Um, you know, Joseph, one thing we didn't touch on here, which you which you may want to, is is the other thing that you can control, not necessarily that it's portfolio related, but it's one of the things that we talk about a lot is you can try to control your emotions through the whole process. Yeah, we've talked a lot about behavior. That's a form of risk management, right? Um, because investing um, can be very emotional at times. And we're starting to, you know, not starting, we're in the midst of it right now. Lots of folks pulling money out of regional banks, uh, pulling their deposits, finding what, what they would consider to be safe of places. The way I think about risk aversion is most people wouldn't want to toss a coin and put their their entire net worth on the line, right? Um, so, you know, behavior is a big part of that. And and the way to get around uh, emotional behavior really is a lot of the principles that we talk about. Have the plan. Um, use a manager that has a process in place. Know what you own. Understand what you own. Understand how the manager, the portfolio manager makes decisions in that portfolio. Um, talk to your clients when things are not working exactly the way you may have thought in certain, mark in certain markets. And the portfolio manager should be able to explain to you what's not working at this particular time. And we talk about full market cycles. In our last podcast, we talked about the average investor based on the Dalbar studies giving their investment portfolio 3.7 years. Um, we talk about full market cycles, seven to 10 years, and we talk about them for good reasons because that's that's what you really need to be to build wealth over the long time. And we say that because you're likely to see a bull market, a trending bull market. You're likely to see a bear market, a sideways market. And if you are with a manager, that's using a good, a solid process, risk management being a sound component of that process. Um, 
I think it makes it a lot easier for you to manage your emotions during those times, MJ. Ryan, I remember in an earlier podcast episode how Miguel Biamon was talking with enthusiasm about seeing some great buying opportunities that fit his risk management approach. How are the New Square portfolio managers approaching the current market? Yeah, I, I think it's it's the consistency which which with which it's done. So the Miguel, you know, example when he was on talking about that, um, it's it's about where he was seeing sort of value within you know his realm of of fixed income investing, and not only that, he's not buying something that comes with a significant amount of undue risk. So the ability to to manage the risk upon the initial purchase of whatever that fixed income instrument was because it just has to it 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 has to again in our opinion has to be done that way because if you don't there's going to be something that is either uh, you know overlooked forgotten about what have you that that will come back and and this concept of of managing the loss side of things and and being okay with realizing loss. Um, there's a there's a great investment book out there that um, was written about some of the best managers and traders uh, a few decades ago. It's called the Market Wizards book. Um, and there's a chapter in there about a trader that has since become um, you know a of le legendary status within within the investment landscape. And his name is Paul Tudor Jones. And um, the quote from the book was, if his trading started going poorly, he would continually reduce his position size until he was on track again. That way, when he is trading his worst, he is also trading his smallest. And in any month when there was net trading losses, he would automatically reduce the risk that he was taking in the portfolio. So after bigger winning streaks, he was then, you know, cautious that he wouldn't get overconfident. Um, but in short, he maintained a risk control a dozen different ways in the portfolio, because as he himself put it, the most important rule of trading is play great defense, not great offense, because you can come back from those smaller losses. It becomes very difficult to come back from those larger losses. It kind of reminds me of the Warren Buffett quote, um, which I think was, um, rule number one is to never lose money. Rule number two is don't forget rule number one, right? Which is kind of a tongue in cheek thing because everybody is going to have periods of time where their capital goes down, uh, you know, even by the slightest number. Nobody's positive in every day, week, month, and year. But the rule is something that I think we can all live by a little bit in our own investment lives because it is so important. And when you have Two of these guys that are the some of the best invest, investors that we've seen, even though they do things fundamentally different in the way that they see markets, they're still talking about risk management the same exact way. To us, that's a that's a powerful notion. Yeah, I mean, I think that uh, it all boils down to what we see our mission here um, at New Square Capital, and it isn't only to make money, to do our best to make money in trending up bull markets, right? Our mission is to also do our very best to preserve and protect capital 
during those unexpected markets, those unexpected events. And you can't do that unless you have a risk management component as part of your process and philosophy. Well, I, I love what you said, you know, preserve and protect capital, right? I mean, don't, it, it's, it's those big, those major losses that take so much to come back from. So play great defense. Uh, it's, um, it's, that's a, that's a genius strategy. I love it. Yeah. Yeah, so and this is, this is the last thing I'll say on the topic is that a lot of times when we talk about this and we talk about risk management, well, it's tough to come back from those losses. The larger they get, the harder it is. Um, and we always used to say that, well, once you get a 30, 40, 50, 60% loss, a lot of people then start to look at you and go, well, what? things really never go down that much. Well, in recent memory now, we've got instances where things haven't gone down 80, 90%. They've gone down 100%. We just had two of the largest bank failures of all time. Many stockholders uh, in those are essentially wiped out. So things do go down 100%. And if there was an ability to manage risk, you know, for that stockholder, um, that, that became an, you know, an overlooked part of it. And it should have been an important part of the equation from the start. You know, the, the other thing, MJ, is, is that when we, we talk about risk management, that Ryan and I and uh, Lee, Miguel, we're students of the market. We, we, we read all the great investors through the decades over time. And I think Ryan said it very well. A lot of these, a lot of these investors and managers um, have different styles of money management, yet the, the same principles apply. Every, every one of them have a risk management component. Everybody, every one of them know how to cut their losses, right? So it, this is not anything that Ryan and Joseph invented, okay? We have learned from the best. I have learned from some of the mistakes I've made. We've talked about behavior, emotions, okay? And and that's why I say to our financial advisors that are listening here, listening here, you know, your clients wanna hear from you. They, and I know that our advisors do this on a regular basis. They need you to basically calm the waters for them because there's, you know, there's always something scary out there. This. In this particular time, you know, you got the debt sailing negotiations, you know, is the Fed going to raise rates? Is the recession going to land? You know, some are saying it's going to be a deep, deep recession. Others say mild. Others say this, the recession may not even happen. So what are the consequences, right? In the end, risk, man risk management is about consequences. I like it. I like it. Well, th this is this has been a, a great uh, uh, discussion. Um, I, I'd like to, you know, you know, Ryan um, uh, mentioned a, a very famous quote by uh, by Vince Vaughn. You know, erroneous, erroneous on both counts. Um, I, I'd like to end with another uh, famous quote of Vince Vaughn's, which is I had to look it up, but uh, 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 I happen to know everything there is to know about maple syrup. I love maple syrup. I love maple syrup on pancakes. I love it on pizza. And I take maple syrup and put a little bit in my hair when I've had a rough week. What do you think holds it up slick? Uh, so uh, <laughs> I think that the gentleman we're talking to uh, on the kind of like Vince Vaughn and maple syrup, they know everything about 
in investing and uh, and active management and uh, risk management. And, uh, and and if I could, uh, so I'll, I'll say to uh, I'll say to you, men, I think you know as much about investing as Vince Vaughn knows about maple syrup. What do you think of that? <laughs> I don't know if that we can only aspire to know as much as he knows about maple syrup. <laughs> We'd probably be in a good spot. Yeah, I'll, I'll just challenge my my colleague Ryan. You know, we just we're kind of smarting here in in the Philadelphia area because our seventy sixers, you know just blew their chance to get into the finals and uh, i'm gonna we got four teams left here um rye i'm gonna ask you to to give me the give me the two finalists and who do you think is going to win it all in in true philadelphia fashion um i'm saying i don't care about the rest of these playoffs and i'm looking towards next year <laughs> for the Sixers to, to win next year uh, i can't top that <laughs> the, the famous quote of ryan kirk is i don't care yeah. i love it i love it all right, all right. well the other the other quote from uh from vince vaughn is grab that net and catch that beautiful butterfly pal mm-hmm. so, all right well, gentlemen thank you so much for being here today uh on the podcast we really appreciate you thanks for your time today it's a pleasure. Thanks, Thank MJ. you. All right. So to all of our listeners, uh, let us say that um, uh, the great thing uh, about this podcast is that you can share it with other folks. Uh, there are three little buttons, usually uh, three little dots that you can hit that hit. You can find the share button. I know on Apple Podcasts, it's easy to find Spotify, fairly easy to share. Um, and um, chances are, if you're at this podcast, you are. Uh, uh, someone who is doing business with New Square Capital or one of the advisors uh, that um, uh, that uh, k- kind of works with uh, New Square Capital. So uh, feel free to uh, share this podcast with friends, family. Uh, it's educational. It'll give them some information. Uh, and uh, if you're able to give us a five-star rating and write a review, we sure would appreciate that. So thanks everybody for listening. And we'll see you on the next episode of the Wall Street Less Traveled podcast. That concludes this episode of the Wall Street Less Traveled podcast. We hope you've enjoyed it. Be sure to tune in regularly for new episodes and get connected to the ideas, information, and insights that will help you succeed. We'll see you on the next episode. The previous presentation by New Square Capital LLC was intended for general information purposes only. No portion of the presentation services serves as receipt of or as a substitute for personalized investment advice from New Square or any other investment professional of your choosing. Different types of investments involve varying degrees of risk, and it should not be assumed that future performance of any specific investment or investment strategy or any non-investment related or planning services, discussion, or content will be profitable, be suitable for your portfolio or individual situation, or prove successful. New Square is neither a law firm nor an accounting firm, and no portion of its services should be considered as legal or accounting advice. No portion of the video or podcast content should be construed by a client or prospective client as a guarantee that he or she will experience a certain level of results if New Square is engaged or continues to be engaged to provide investment advisory services. A copy of New Square's current written disclosure brochure discussing our advisory services and fees is available upon request or at newsquarecapital.com. 